Greetings and welcome to episode 267 of the Words About Games podcast, the weekly video game podcast for Words About Games. I'm your host, Amy K. Alexander. I'm joined this week by Daffy Moody. How you doing? I am doing very well. How is everyone else? It is Friday. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. And Foxes. Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's not bad. Better Good. than last week. I've been playing some games. Ooh. It's been actually okay. I haven't. I've literally haven't played a video game since Saturday. <laughs> I started <laughs> one. I haven't finished it yet. On purpose. On purpose. It wasn't because like, oh, I haven't got any time or whatever. I've just been like taking a break, you know, doing mm-hmm. other things. Watching Doctor Who. Wait, wait, you're saying you want to have a life other than video games? It's crazy, right? Are we allowed that? Yeah. Obviously. Well, why no one tell me this? And here I was checking out like a bunch of new stuff, so I can be able to like talk about everything that had had ever come out in the past, you know, week since we talked. I know, right? Man, I wasted my time. Oh yeah, big style. <laughs> Unless someone used to try and make me do that, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. <laughs> well. I would say I'm going home, but I'm already, You're already home. <laughs> <laughs> so, screw you guys. I'm leaving the room. Are you? Bye. He will actually Bye. leave the room. This is what he does. <laughs> this, he, he commits to his bits. I'll give him that. <laughs> you got to try. Because I don't have a new Funko Pop to show off. So, not like you you've got one. a lot of wine so far. I've with got your, a lot of with your Funko Pops, yeah. You'll find what out. I do? You'll find out this weekend. This weekend. <laughs> yeah. Fucking you and your bloody never-ending stream of Funko Pop pictures. <laughs> How are you, Foxes? I've been good. I beat Village! Yay! I beat Finally nothing! <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Does... There's two seasons of Doctor Who. So it's like, can I say I've beaten yeah. them if I've watched them all the way through? Yeah, I can't help but not look at it because I know that's got to be a brand new one. Like that has to be a brand new one. I'm not gonna watch it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, uh, to be honest with you, I need to catch up with Doctor Who. How's it been? Well, I've so it's good. I've enjoyed it. I haven't yeah. watched the the newest season, so I sat down. You have to make an account on iPlayer now. So I sat down, I made the account, did the thing, signed in. I was like, cool, Doctor Who. I'll watch the new season of Doctor Who. Because um, they just announced the next season. And then I was like, it came up and it was like the first, obviously the first episode that was on there was the one that popped mm-hmm. up. And I was like, I could just watch all of it. <laughs> so I want season still, two. <laughs> is, it, is it still got that like fun quality about it that it makes yes. you want to like keep watching? Keep watching each, it. Each yeah, it does. Good. Good, it good, does. Good, good, Christopher Eccleston. That's what I really highly underrated. Like really watching him through the second time. I was like, oh, I, I'm appreciating this much more than I did the first time. Oh, you mean from the yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I actually do like him. I think he's actually pretty good. He's got some he, banger he, episodes. He's a very, as well. he's a very serious and like aggressive doctor, but it also in the same sense, I also like get it, you know, because he's. He's considered the wartime doctor, right? No, that's... he was the one after the the wartime doctor. So he yeah, was like right. he was like right. PTSD doctor, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dealing with all of that. Like there's that one episode where he just screams, starts screaming at a Dalek. 
Mm-hmm. Why don't you just mm-hmm. die? And then the Dalek's like, you would make a good Dalek. And, and that's then, such a good episode. He, yeah. And then he, like, tortures him. Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah that, and then, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He actually that, tries that to kill him. A, <laughs> that's a really strong emotional episode. I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, hi, Moody. Didn't see you there. What? No. There was someone here. It's like but, uh, didn't know Shepard's us. best friend. So. Honestly, didn't know. But he had to, he had to leave. How are you? It's almost it's almost like I didn't even notice. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> uh but other than me beating village, uh what have you started, Moody? Or are you not allowed to talk about it yet? No longer home. What's that about? I don't think I've heard of that one actually. You'll find out next week on the Fashion Relate Reviews, Foxes. Disclaimer, we were given a review card to review the game. <coughs> Sorry. Wait, what? Came from. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, Smeg, yeah, you did, didn't you? I yeah. forgot about that. <laughs> I apologize for that. We got a review code for it. <clears throat> I apologize. Nice. Very nice. The game's out, right? Yes. We can't talk about it. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> Not like the, <laughs> just have to make sure there. Not like the poll I ran. So like the game that I was gonna stream this week. Oh, this okay. I remember you got delayed. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, shit. I need I, like I'm good because I'm gonna play it no longer home, but it's only a few hours, right? I'm gonna have more time than that. So what else do I play? Because I want to play something else. Because I finished the Forgotten City. Finished Destor. Did a Twitter yeah, poll. Finished Destor already. It, yeah, it was like ten hours. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so I did a Twitter poll at game one. Woke up this morning, opened up Open Critics. I was like, I wonder, like, I always open up Open Critic every morning because I just like to see what's going on, right? Two games from out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Massively high reviews. I'm like, well, shit. Maybe I need to reconsider the structure of my uh, my game playing this week. Well, if if I may ask, what were they? Uh, so one was Dodgeball Academia. Which I, I mean, I've heard of both of those games. When I say they're out of nowhere, I just mean I wasn't thinking about playing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out they're that game's in, high results. That game's like in Game high. Pass. <laughs> so I was like, double mm-hmm. sort of like, ooh, <laughs> interesting. And uh, the other one was Dreamscaper, um, which came out a week early. It was supposed to come out next week, and they came out this week instead. That game's not in Game Pass. But on Open Critic, it's currently got a higher Open Critic than any other game that's come out in 2020. One. So I'm looking at both these games and I'm like, no one will what remember the, the no one will remember the Twitter poll. <laughs> <laughs> if I just pretend it didn't happen. So yeah, it's don't... a it's a top well, I guess it's not considered top down, but I guess isometric in some perspective. Yeah, it's like an RPG. It, it was in the it was in a it was in one with, of the things this summer. What, like ARPG with some puzzle solving? Which one are we talking about here? Dreamscaper. Dreamscaper. It's like a roguelike. Um, from it's what I read. Attention. This looks interesting. It wasn't on my mind because on the Google calendar it says it's coming out next week. Because mm-hmm. they were like, they went, surprise! We're bringing it out a week early. And I was like, that's not how this works. I'm changing the force. That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I knew if I set you up, I need to knock it down. Let's get into... Um, talking about non-video games video game industries and whatnot actually there's some video game stuff in here too 
I haven't changed it. I just want to point out that I haven't changed the blurb for the last three weeks. It literally still says, in this week's episode, we discuss another week of hell in the games industry. And I just... You just said hell the first time I put in hell. in the games industry last week. Oh, right. Okay. Well, hold on. <laughs> Don't change when... it. It, was, it sounds better. When did we start talking about Lucifer? Interesting. Okay. I just got through season one. Nice. We can actually, you know... <laughs> Sorry. Never mind. I like, I like it. That was I smooth like as it. fuck. That was smooth as smooth butter. as fuck. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't call them smooth foxes for no reason. <laughs> oh, he is smooth. He is very smooth. Uh, yeah, it's time right. of my podcast. So, it's <laughs> timestamps in the description below the video on YouTube, also wherever you get your audio podcasts, whether that be on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and some other places. I've literally stopped checking, like the 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 anchor thing. I literally go on, upload an episode, and then I don't log on for a week. Like I have stopped checking analytics. I've stopped checking everything. I just go podcast. There you go, and it's done. And I don't think about it again. Maybe it's all broken. I just don't know because <laughs> I haven't bothered checking. That was my question. Are you kidding me? Anything that I ever have ever have my hands on, if it's like some type of big project, I'm like, this is broken still, like because I'm a part of it, right? You guys don't realize that I'm the broken pe okay. Oh, I'm like I'm like one I'm like <clears throat> an hour's worth of editing away from finishing my Dark Souls 3 video as well. Nice. Very nice. I need to record some ADR. And then I just need to put that in. So I've got a very get... specific conclusion that I think is gonna play really well. With you, with like you two, <laughs> and people like you, with your mindset, but really badly with Dark Souls fans in general. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, he's gonna piss people off again. <laughs> but it'll be you'll you'll watch it, you'll think, and you'll go, and I'll you'll be laughing. I'll bet you. I'll get. Text, I guarantee I'll always laugh. I'll get texts off you being like that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, to be fair though, uh, if you at least feature. That last song, Catch My Drift, I, uh, you, 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 you're, you're going to have me, like, you know, just drooling, to well, be honest I, with I you. I can't. Fun fact, when I uploaded the boss fight to YouTube mm -hmm. on my stud and sent, sent, sent the link to you guys, it got copyright claimed. For that? Really? <laughs> oh, some bloody did. Yes. So. Wow. I'm actually surprised that it would go that so far. The, the shells... bot would be like, fuck it. Even like, game video game music. Like Dark Souls, <laughs> the boss fight music with the literal, like the swords and the squishy noises and all the banging and crashing and not know me swearing because I didn't have a microphone on, but like and all the noise and stuff that gets copyright claimed. My Bloodborne video, Bloodborne, uh, however many years later, where it's like it literally ends and the Hunter's Dream music is playing for like 45 seconds uninterrupted at the end of the video. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, the bot knows where you know the loyalty lies you know and so therefore if it's bloodborne i'm not touching it nope mm -mm, mm -mm, i dare not touch it because <laughs> i will incur the wrath of everyone that you know will, will everybody who's a every... fan of bloodborne is really angry all the time yeah Jesus like man. all the technical aspects of just trying to make me crash but dark souls 3 i can fuck with all day all right let's get this should we get this show on the road should we get drive out should I start the car are we going we're going to the beach yeah Let's get this antique on the road show. Let's get this antique on the road. Damn, Fox is on fire tonight. He really is. He really is. Must be the must be the hair. Looks like he styled it. No, not really. It's still just out there, you know, out there in the wind. 
I like gave it. you a compliment. I gave you a compliment. Let's take it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's shoot down a compliment. <laughs> Let's dive in. Activision Blizzard employees say HR department failed them. This is from Megan Farrakmanash over at Axios, who writes, <clears throat> Following a lawsuit filed by California against Activision Blizzard, allegations of harassment, misconduct, and assault continue to emerge from people who point to the company's HR department as being part of the larger problem. Sources say the company's culture favors a clan mentality and functioned under a broken HR department that undermined discounted victims' experiences and did not protect their identities. According to a dozen current and former Activision Blizzard employees, several requesting anonymity to speak freely, harassment and misconduct were well known and well documented despite the company saying the allegations are, quote, incorrect, old and out of context, end quote. Not only did Activision Blizzard fail to protect those in harm's way, it actively shielded abusers from punitive action, sources tell Axios. People have been cautioned <clears throat> against filing a report or attempting to take action against harassers or bad actors, one current employee says, quote, They say things like, this isn't a fight you want to fight, end quote. In a comment to Axios, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said the company takes every allegation seriously and will investigate all claims. That was a quote. So is this one. We will not tolerate anyone found to have impeded the integrity of our processes for evaluating claims and imposing appropriate consequences. If employees have any concerns about how, how human resources handle claims, we have other reporting options, including anonymous ones. End quote. Four current and former employees of Activision Blizzard described to Axios direct interactions with their chart during the past decade, in which they said representatives bullied, belittled, or showed skepticism after being informed of alleged harassment or assault. Employees who have gone to HR with complaints say the department had a reputation for doing nothing. A former employee whose harassment came directly from their boss tells Axios they felt they had no tools to resolve their problem. Quote, even if Blizzard wants to take it seriously, I'm not even sure what they would do, end quote. Excuse me. In one case, Nikki Broderick, a former Blizzard employee employed from 2012 to 2019, approached HR several times with complaints about inappropriate or retaliatory behavior. In one instance, Broderick and a manager got into a heated argument during which, quote, he stood over me at my desk and wouldn't let me leave, wouldn't let me reach for my phone, end quote. Broderick says when she reported the incident to HR, she was told, quote, it's not harassment, he didn't touch you, end quote. In a comment to Axios, the company spokesperson said, quote, such conduct is abhorrent and will not be tolerated. We appreciate the courage of any current or former employee in coming forward and will fully investigate any such claims brought to our attention, end quote. He was untouchable, Broderick says of the manager. He was later promoted and remains employed at Activision Blizzard in a senior position. She describes her career growth as stunted after going to HR, noting, quote, I wasn't given any new projects. I wasn't considered for promotion three years after that incident, end quote. Broderick recalls another instance where an HR rep told her she was acting like a brat, she tells Axios, adding she was told to suck it up and return to her desk. Another current employee with the company for over five years tells Axios that after she was physically assaulted by one employee, her report to HR was met with instant skepticism. Quote, one of the things the HR rep commented on was that she was surprised I wasn't crying or I wasn't more hysterical, end quote. Furthermore, the source says there were no measures put in place to protect her at work. Instead, Blizzard encouraged her to work from home or switch departments, a move she says felt like more like punishment. 
When she spoke to HR again, however, a representative told her, quote, he's really sorry and he really wants to work at Blizzard, and he says that you are really friendly with him, end quote. Sources tell Axios part of the problem with Activision Blizzard's HR department was a seemingly high turnover rate. On some teams, representatives could be gone in as little as a few months, and some representatives seem spread too thin, sources say. For employees, it was unclear why their representatives changed so often, whether it was due to transfers, new jobs, firings, or burnout. This made reporting in some cases difficult, as new representatives would come in without the overall context of the company's culture. Quote, we never had someone consistent to talk to, Broderick says, end quote. The process was also confusing and lacked transparency around next steps or actionable resolutions, according to some current and former employees who voiced concerns over the broader management style there. Former Blizzard employee Andrew Buczacki? Help me out here. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Sokolikir, please. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if I pronounced his name wrong there. Uh, says going to management with complaints had, quote, a surprising lack of paper trail or any transparency at all. You're just sort of saying these things out into the void, end quote. That put the onus on employees to keep their own paper trail. If not, he says, quote, it just sort of turns into this verbal agreement. And then that can just be a piece of leverage or plausible deniability from Blizzard administration and management, end quote. Even filing a report was a double-edged sword, one former employee tells Axios, because they were going to tell everybody about what you said. Nothing you said was private with HR. The big picture, Activision Blizzard's HR department and its handling of harassment incidents is reflective of a larger company culture <clears throat> with a pervasive drinking culture, an all-boys club mentality, and a lack of consequences for alleged harassers, sources say. For some employees, they said harassment is hidden under a familiar cover. It's just a joke. A former employee says that there is a culture for men on staff where, quote, guys being shitheads to each other, to other guys is normal. You're just supposed to take it and can dish it back as well, end quote. Previous reports describe Blizzard as being built on a foundation of largely male white employees, where it was a point of pride to have, quote, a work environment that was thankfully more like a frat house than a business, end quote. Because of Blizzard's success, there is a pervasive sense for employees that it's a privilege to work there, sources tell Axios. Quote, I felt like in order for me to survive in this situation because I wanted to work there long term, I had to go along with it. End quote. One former Activision Blizzard employee tells Axios of inappropriate behavior they experienced. As one Activision Blizzard employee tells Axios, the time for apologies has passed. Instead, they say steps must be taken to unveil, remove, and reject abusers from the industry entirely to prevent them from resuming destructive behavior elsewhere. Quote, it doesn't matter how creative and intelligent and brilliant someone is. Stand by your morals, stand by the company values, and get them out because it's not worth it. End quote. Damn thing what we hear all the time. It is. The HR failed the staff. It always does. The same thing in Ubisoft. Same thing at Riot Games. HR does nothing instead of protecting the people, it protects the company or tries to and hides this crap away. It always has, always will until they literally restructure HR into a proper thing where it can do two, both things protect the company and also protect the people who work at the company properly. I don't know. And like, I don't. Never... Know if, I mean, I get it, right? I know HR's job in any company is to protect the company. Like, don't, don't ever go to like HR just never seems like a viable route. Any of these big companies to go to if you've got problems because they're not on your side. Oh, I agree. But, like, I don't know if it, I don't know if HR's like 
HR's sole function, HR's sole function should should be to protect the people who work at the com who work at the company. Like it shouldn't have anything to do with protecting the image of the company or protecting the shareholders or protecting the share price, which is what we see here. Like they're they're protecting the image. <laughs> they're basically just PR. Um doing a different doing a different type of PR job. Like whereas that shouldn't be the case, but it is. Yeah, I agree. It's a lot of bring, the, the whole the whole thing. Like to bring to bring up a note that's a, that's very much a part of this is that the fact that you have a high turnover rate, whether it be firing or restaffing or you know like burnout, like whatever the fuck, for some of these people to tell you some of the things that they told you sounds like also they didn't take HR very fucking seriously either. Like they very much didn't give a shit about their. I mean, sure, they gave a shit about the company because they were getting paid for it. They didn't give a shit about the the actual morals of, of what HR could do for other people. It sounds like a lot of them just didn't fucking care. They were like, deal with it. It's like... Well, uh, it's it comes up in quotes from... from It comes up from quotes in, in, in sources in, in Megan's story, right? Where it's just like HR mm -hmm. would just do everything they could to dismiss or belittle as everything that, that was being brought to them. Yeah, it, between HR failing failing them and also like it sounds like the people even themselves for you know being in HR like whether whatever kind of courses or classes or certifications that you know they they deemed you know necessary uh, did not definitely teach them the right fucking morals to have whenever it comes to their people. Granted, yes, still they have the whole mentality of company first, but there's still some morals that can be slid in there easily to actually help. I mean, but, you, just, you just need to actually give a shit, right? But yeah, yeah. whether it was from a directive from on high that, that filtered down, maybe that's why there was a high turnover because people wanted to do something but couldn't, or whether it was just part of the, the pervasive culture at Activision Blizzard where it was just like, it's just jokes, it's just banter, it's just funny. Like, so like, and that was the, the attitude of HR. Like, we'll, we'll, we might, I was going to say we'll never know, we might know, like, one day. Mm -hmm. But right now, uh, we sure don't know. Um, sorry, I was just uh, I was trying to see if I could find an Activision Blizzard HR job listing and like see what the requirements were to work there. But apparently, there aren't any. Be a douche. Apparently, yeah. That be terrible. Yeah. Be terrible at your job and forget about the people who you have to who are you are meant to protect, and you don't. No, it's like, and we've obviously we spent the past two weeks going through the stories. Um, two weeks, that's us be fun. We've done this for a year. I'm just, yeah, like, I'm sorry. We did it with I'm just about active players. We did it with a bit of Riot Games a bit last year as well, and we've done that now. The Rocksteady, new, the Rockstar, one. the new one. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. it's never ending. It's just, one might yeah. almost use the word that conservatives hate to hear systemic. Like, it's a systemic problem throughout the entire games industry. Like, if the last... And this, I do not mean to minimize what's going on and what people have gone through at Activision Blizzard in the slightest by what I'm about to say, but it's not just Activision Blizzard. It's not just Riot. It's not just Rocksteady. It's not just Ubisoft. It's not just any of these companies. It's all of them. And, like, I really hope this is... This time, it's it's... We like because we've got a spot. We've got a spotlight right now, right? Currently shining on some of this, not all of it, yep. some of it. They ignored the Ubisoft one. 
we Riot Games was was talked about for a minute and then ignored. Ubisoft was talked about for a minute and then largely ignored. Rocks nobody even remembers. You bring up Rocksteady and nobody even remembers that that was a thing. Like mm-hmm. and now, what I'm hoping is that this this spotlight can just be sustained. And like, we just, <laughs> if I like, if I spend the the, the rest of 2021 with and all of the podcast, the first half of every podcast in 2021 is talking about this stuff and trying to root it out and just trying to like make the games industry a safer place for people who aren't white men that's fine by me because that's what i want like and i know obviously like 500 plus subscriber youtube channel isn't going to affect change in the games industry by itself but like that's 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 what i want to happen and i'm doing that thing i'm visualizing what i want and i'm gonna make it a reality I mean, if you visualize that, the games industry would be done. <laughs> I can imagine well, what's going on in your head. This is the point, though, right? <laughs> like, I agree with it, though. Let's be frank. I do agree with it. If we, if, if, hypothetical, like, because we all know this is happening everywhere in the games industry. If that's what has to happen, so be yeah. it. I agree. Like, I've said it, Renny Kirtle said it a few times last week. Um, that the whole industry needs to be completely readjusted and re-brought back together with with all of these managers cutting people in charge and CEOs and HR people completely out of the industry. And they need to be completely vetted from every single company. Um, yeah, like the, the Alex Afrasabia, whatever his name is, like the picture of the Cosby suite, and it's just like someone tagged that on Twitter with... Uh, because I wasn't here last week. Someone tagged that on the Twitter with the um, with like where they all are now, and it's like okay, a few of them still work at plays, acting plays. Yeah, one there's one at Riot Games, and there's one another one. There's one another one. It's like these yeah. people, these these men. And it's, and yes, it's not all, not always just men. It's not all men, but like these men, they come into a company, they destroy people's lives, and then they move on to do it at another company. Yeah, it's uh, and then they think they can get away with it. And I no, not anymore. I, I really hope this is the one. I I I know that you know that there there are all too many people. There's quite a large group of people. It's like, well, if you go through with this, then what are we going to have left? We're going to have any companies? We're going to have any? It's like, look, no offense, but if THQ and THQ now Nordic can fucking do it, you best believe that they can do it with anywhere else too. And yes. I realize that THQ isn't like any Activision or any yeah. Blizzard. But it's still a company name. It's still licenses. It's still yeah. properties, and it's still IPs. It still can be transferred to good people. Like you go fast, or or, or, bring, or bring or bring good the good people back to continue to work on it. There are a lot of good people in the industry, and like yeah, let's yeah. keep them on. But like if if I like people say that like it's a bad thing. Like well, mm-hmm. if we go after all of these abusers and all of these people who are ruining people's lives. What happens if there's no companies left? Then fucking good, because mission accomplished. We did it. Like I don't want all of these companies to be destroyed, but like if that's what it takes to to make it so that people can make games and also be safe, then so fucking be it. I don't see a downside. Right now, this is the the strongest it's ever been when it comes to this type of thing. And this is the thing I think the companies keep forgetting. All if it is companies all keep forgetting uh, Activision, Ubisoft, Riot Games, and everything like that. Your games on, only happen 
because of the teams you have in charge, the developers who create these games. And we all know a lot of your developers striked last week. And that will have hurt you. And it will have. There's no doubt about it. Whatever update you had coming, whatever is happening with your Call of Duty game or whatever, anything has been it's been pushed back to whatever it has because and these people won't crunch for you anymore until you start doing these things that they to get these things doing working and everything to get these good working practices in this company and everything and until you do that this is the time where the developers actually have the power for the f real for the first true time it's kind of like that film Bo a bug's life where the big moths who are the, literally the ceos activisions the ubisoft's literally but they literally know them know that if these ants literally decided to band together they could literally outnumber us three ten to one and we do the developers out out the, the outnumber the the ceos and all this ten to flipping one and we know this, and we can literally do something about it. Activision I, doesn't have to close or anything like that, but it needs to be completely gutted, and it needs to start from the top, from with the CEO, because he's been in charge of this frat boy culture. He has to go. Oh There's my god. So many, like, ex um, and current fucking Activision Blizzard executives coming out going, I didn't know, I'm sorry. And it's like, Ooh. shove your apology up your ass. And I'll tell you something else as well. All of the all of the straight white cis men who go onto those apology posts and accept those apologies on behalf of the people who were harmed, fuck you too. <laughs> because that's not, you, you don't get to accept those apologies because those apologies aren't for you. Ooh. I like Sorry, to add just I cut a, you off. Just a, no, you're perfectly fine. I like to add just a little tiny note. Um, I'm proud, and you know it's a little small sliver of proud, but and uh, thankful, and also to be honest with you, a little bit of a, a applause for the people who actually who decided to say, I don't know if I can keep supporting your game, or I don't know if I can actually keep you know, playing it and actually giving it any kind of limelight, you know, whether it be Activision Blizzard. So I'm moving over to something else and I'm going to hurt your, your, your bottom dollar. I'm going to hurt your wallet by not giving you any more exposure, any more time played or continue buying anything from it. So fuck you. I'm done. Bye. And there's actually quite a few, even big name people, like quote unquote, big name people, um, you know, who play the, who play their games that actually have a lot of followers that just said, no, fuck this. I'm over it. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, you, you, not only have you been fucking them, but you also been fucking me too. By also by also not taking care of not only yourself but also the health of your game too, because Call of Duty is in a really fucking terrible state. But that's a that's a side note. Um, I I have to give him a little bit of applause for like actually some people being like, nah, I'm done with your shit. Bye. You know, because it, it, it if it hurts their their money and it hurts their wallet, whether it'll well, be a downfall. The of only them, way they'll. To talk, they'll do anything. Sorry for putting in there. Folks. No, no, yeah, yeah. We'll get into some of that because I got some stuff to say about a certain CEO. Um, I I want to shout out as well the the people who are sub locked in the World of Warcraft. It's basically the people who have subscriptions and they paid for them for like the year and they've still got time on it. Who are going into the game to protest in the game because they've already paid for their time and telling people who wouldn't know who are logged into World of Warcraft what's going on. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. Shout out to them. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and shout out to all the people who have been doing great reporting and shout out to the people who are victims in all of this. Like I've seen a lot of stories in both in public and have been told to me privately that was just horrible. And it's like my heart goes out to everybody who's been a victim of, of this, whether it's at Activision Blizzard or anywhere else. I think you put it right uh, that it's a spotlight right now. And actually some gamers are actually really giving a shit and people who actually aren't even gamers actually really giving a shit and taking taking uh, attention to it and actually bringing a, a lot out of it which to be honest with you good on all of you because whether it's us as gamers who actually finally need to learn yeah like we have to not support them so that way they can learn and actually be different and change uh you know because how many people still end up going to pre-order a fucking video game that you know is still a part of whatever bad company's doing what you know it's just like oh you, you're not hurting their wallet still by doing this it's so like to um, too, you know? it's like when um it's like when everybody banded together to to get ea to win the worst video the worst company in in america or two years running but still bought their games it's like mm-hmm. do they care that you gave them that award you're still you're still giving them billions of dollars why do they care Mm-hmm. The thing is about it when it comes to those content creators at the same time, it's like the thing is that annoys me right now is that all the stuff, all the light is on Activision and they're all saying, we're going to not play Activision games. There's other companies out there. You are still saying and you'll take their codes or you'll take their merchandise if they send it out to you, like the Ubisofts and the Riot Games and et cetera, et cetera. And you, I'm sorry, but I don't care what anyone says. You need to stop. You need to boycott those games as well. Because that's the only way they'll talk. That's the only way they'll sort their shit out. Ubisoft, we talked about last week. Ubisoft uh, people created a a petition towards the CEOs and everything at Ubisoft to say, you've done fuck all. You've done absolutely fuck all to help us. You've just concentrated on helping yourself to create your own, to help your own bottom line, which is the dollar. And, And it's the same freaking thing, man. Like... You uh, like you hear all the things of oh we're gonna boycott thing but oh but you're not gonna do it for Ubisoft though are you? All right games. I always say it, everyone's a fucking hypocrite, but it's literally just showing even more how much people are truly are hypocrite. This is the thing, right? I've seen this. I've seen this, um, and we'll, we'll move on after after this unless anyone's got anything uh, they want to actually add because we got more Activision Blizzard stuff coming anyway. But like I've seen a, this a sentiment shared between a lot of content creators. The, the number one sentiment is like the hardline, look, I'm fucking done with these people for all of the reasons we've talked about for many hours on this on this podcast at this point. Um, there's the second one who don't give a shit and I don't think or watch, I don't think about them or watch their content so they can just, what is it, how is it Moody put it? They can virtue signal of their own ass. One of my favorite things, <laughs> favorite things I've ever heard while I was watching the podcast last week. Um, <laughs> it's the in-between space with People who are saying that yes, this is bad, and we will continue. We will talk about it, but we will also continue to talk about the good things that act- that come out of Activision Blizzard and the games that come out of Activision Blizzard, because we want to support the developers. And there's two th- there's two things wrong with that. Number one, as long as you're talking about their games and talking about the positive stuff that comes out of the company, Activision Blizzard, do not give a fuck if you also talk about the bad stuff, because you're doing the job they want you to do. They are promoting their company. Irregardless of it, if you go, yeah, Activision Blizzard suck because of sexual harassment and abuse, like, but here's why I call it the next Call of Duty is going to be amazing. That doesn't help anybody. And that also doesn't help the developers. So if your stated goal is to support the developers, the way you can support the developers is to agitate for a cultural change at Activision Blizzard so those developers will be treated better. 
and not be abused and not be harassed. Activision Blizzard has a body count, for God's sake. Someone died because of this abuse and this harassment. And it needs to stop. It needs to end. Yep. I'm sick of... Well, and, oh, and I know this sorry. is... I'm going in perfect... I'm going in a perf, completely selfish direction for, for like 30 seconds. But I am sick of talking about this on this podcast. Year in, year out, week, month in, month out. I am sick of talking about mm-hmm. this. I want, it, I want to change it. I want it to change. And I can't... I can't do that if I'm promoting Call of Duty or Overwatch or Diablo. Because then it won't change. Because Activision Blizzard will have no reason to change it. Yeah. And th- I'll just say one final thing. The, don't worry about the developers. They still have to pay them. At the end of the day, they still have to pay them. They cannot say, well, our game didn't sell, so we're not going to pay you. Don't You still have to financially, technically pay them because you hired the buggers. The only thing you don't do is give them... Does that Sorry. Work? No, no. It's like the only thing they don't do is that they don't get a, from Activision was we bloody know this doesn't happen. The people who get the big profits for the game is the CEO and his team around him and everything. The developers get barely anything. And if you're worried about sales from Call of Duty and everything, and I want to tack on to that, if you're worried about the the job security of the of the of the game, the rank and file game developers at Activision Blizzard over a boycott, don't be. If Activision Blizzard posted record profits two years ago and fired 10% of their staff, they don't have job security either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also would... I'd like to echo that, you know, like you said, bringing up Ubisoft, that I'd like to echo that that kind of sentiment and that kind of, like, thought process of, like, just vetting and, and changing and ripping out that, sure, I would love for the American... Uh, branches, yeah, uh, to to obviously change all that, but I also hope that this translates over to the French people as well, who are sick and tired of Ubisoft mistreating them. Because me being an American, you know, obviously I can yell at them all they want, but it's a completely different, you know, country, company, standards, rules, allegate, you know, everything that is just like, I hope that it brings, I hope this spotlight on Activision Blizzard brings up enough of another spotlight and just an even wider range that it affects them too i hope so I hope so seriously I hope me so. too so danielle part of games industry shop base has done something really good um she's awesome go follow her on twitter go follow megan megan as well i'll drop their twitter handles in the in the description the videos um and the, the podcast um She's got this uh, page up on gamesindustry.biz, which is literally just like a, a landing page almost of like, here's everything that's happened. And here's short blurbs of it. And you can link in it links to like the full stories. So I have shamelessly copy pasted that into my Google document because it's very helpful uh, in this situation. So I got a lot of short, almost bullet point type things. Now, how do you guys want to do this? Do you want, do you want me to go through everything and then we'll, say whatever we want to say at the end of it or do you want me to just sort of go through each point and go for each point and we give small little snippets okay. from each of us all right so there's i think there's like six six things um on here the first and i just pulled them in the order that they were in the games industry up is article i haven't yeah. changed the order or anything like that um so the first and i deleted a lot because the stuff we already talked about um so the first one is Bungie speaks out against toxic studio cultures following Activision lawsuit. Um, 
in this reads, Destiny maker Bungie made a statement regarding the lawsuit as well as its own internal efforts to counteract harassment. The studio, formerly a partner of Activision, admitted that some employees have reported experiences of harassment, but the firm says it does what it can, quote, to push back on a persistent culture of harassment, abuse and inequality that exists in our industry. It's our responsibility to ensure this type of behavior is not tolerated at Bungie at any level and that we never excuse it or sweep it under the rug. While the accounts in this week's news are difficult to read, we hope they will lead to justice, awareness, and accountability. End quote. Uh, not surprising that they that they even suffered it a bit themselves as they were partnered, mm-hmm. heavily partnered with Yeah, I was going to say, like, it makes sense that Bungie would release a statement because... They were a partner of Activision Blizzard for mm-hmm. many years. Huge I partner st- of them, yeah. Uh, I unfortunately I don't remember the exact date, but I still remember whenever it came out in the news that like Ben, like Bungie was separating themselves from Activision. I was like, good for you, and yes. I hope you succeed, and I hope you actually do well and surprise all of us. You know, and Last to be honest with you, well, they did. Sorry, what? I was gonna say it was like late was, 2019, wasn't it? It was like a first yeah, news so. story of a yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh. To be honest with you, if they were suffering some of this hardship, you know, like as well for like, you know, some of the Bungie employees that came over, I, I'm really, that really sucks, like in all honesty. And the fact that you are, you know, taking accountability as much as possible. Well, this know. is the thing. Uh, whether they did or not, I don't I'm know. Sorry, Foxes. Like, no, ev- I, like this, ha- this is happening everywhere. Like, I've mm-hmm. already thought, like we've already talked about, like... If it, like if Bungie's on the level here, and honestly, like at this point, I trust no one. Um, mm, like if Bungie's on the level here, where it's like, look, this is happening. We have had reports of this. This is happening in our company, but we are taking the steps to make sure that no one, like, to make sure that we're doing the right things when we get told about harassment or abuse that's that's happening in the workplace. That's that's how it should work. Like you'll never end one hundred, you'll never one hundred percent end harassment or abuse. That unfortunately is not how the human race works. But if the the systems that are in place to protect people actually function, that's that's the good thing. That's what that's what you want to see happen. Like at mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard, at Ubisoft, at Riot Games, those those systems didn't work for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons for a lot of people. Yep. Whereas at Bungie. Again, if we take them at face value, they do do things about it. Mm-hmm. It's about accountability. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, the next one on the list was shareholder rights law firm investigating Activision Blizzard. Uh, this one reads, shareholder rights law firm Robbins LLP has launched an investigation into Activision Blizzard with concerns that certain directors and officers at the firm have violated the Securities Exchange Act of 1934 and breached their fiduciary duties to the company. Activision Blizzard faces new, a new lawsuit, this time from its investors. A class action, actually these are two separate ones there. <laughs> accidentally rolled into one but i'll roll through it class action lawsuit has been filed against activision blizzard by investor rights company rosen law firm on behalf of the studio's investors the lawsuit alleges that between august 4th 2016 and july 27th 2021 quote the purchases of the securities of activision blizzard end quote were misled as the company didn't disclose the issues with its workplace culture Wait, shareholder so, so... rights Ugh. I felt dirty saying that out loud. I was going to say, so wait, so some shareholders have a heart? No, they don't. Oh, they some just shareholders to cover lost their some... own ass. It's neither. Some shareholders <laughs> yeah, yeah. lost a lot of money. 
Oh hell yeah! Like, like what did they do? They like what went down ten percent? I think in the, the share price. On one day they went down like three point seven or something like that, oh, and okay. then continued to drop. Well, no, I mean you. I think you're right. I think it was like an overall like ten percent over a couple of days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like in one day, I, everybody was goes, "What's happening in my money right now? My millions and billions of money right now? Hold on, let me yeah. find out." You know. Yeah, this is the thing about it. We gotta keep this going really hard when it comes to the Activision thing because they are eventually not Activision, the yeah, Activision thing. They are eventually gonna talk, shut up and talk about Call of Duty. They're gonna try and get that out as fast oh, yeah. as so they can shut this all down and make people think, see, Call of Duty, shiny thing. Look at it. It's the oh, same yeah. as the one last time, but it's shinier and everything. And they're gonna try that, but we need to literally shoot that fucking thing right down straight away and concentrate on this still and yes shareholders trying to protect shareholders what a surprise protecting their money we saw the same thing with uh, cd project red we talked about it at the beginning of the year where the investors are suing cd project red because they lost a bunch of money and it's like i don't you care lost me my money, lost <laughs> me my money. Yeah. that's that's literally at the bottom near the bottom of my priority list of things that have happened because of whatever you've done in this case and cdpr's case oh, uh, this next one's going to be an interesting one when i talk about it <laughs> well i'll tell you what i'll read this one because there was two departures i'll read them both and then we can talk about them both okay so the first one is president j allen brack leaves blizzard uh, and this one says Blizzard President J. Allen Brack is leaving the firm after 15 years to quote pursue new opportunities end quote according to Activision Executive Vice Presidents Jen O'Neill and Mike Ibarra have been appointed as co-leaders of the company effective immediately and then everything else we've already talked about so I'm going to skip down to the second departure which reads Activision Blizzard's SVP of Global HR Jesse Meshuk reportedly left the company earlier this week Masuk's departure was reported by Bloomberg and follows criticism of the firm's HR department as part of a lawsuit alleging harassment and sexual discrimination at Activision Blizzard. Part of the case <clears throat> claims that the company's HR department failed to protect its employees and address concerns raised. Note how both of them are choosing to leave the company. That's the one. That's that's like of many takeaways from this. That's 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 like the first one that jumps out at me. These these people have been allowed to leave with all of their benefits and all of their shares and all of their money. They have not been fired, regardless of what other articles I've read have said in the past couple of weeks. They've like they've been like, cool. I have I have destroyed a lot of people. I have destroyed lots of lives. I'm out. See ya. I'm going to explore new opportunities. It's as much as like, you know, there's there's a lot of speculation. You know, it's just like, well, did they want to leave because they know, you know, about all this and they're like, fuck it, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Well, I've got so an interesting question you... on that regard, like remind me in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um You can speculate all you want, in my personal opinion, but all this screams to me is get out while you can because we've done bad shit. I'm sorry, like, I, like, I, I'm sure that, like, you know, someone somewhere out there, it's like, nah, but Jay Allen Brack was also, you know, harassed, or, the, you know, the head of HR, was all, you know, like, you know, I'm like, <sighs> sure, but it's all hearsay, I mean, granted, yes, there's so much about it that, that that's hearsay, but still, like, this just screams to me, 
like, hey, we got to get out because we're about to be a part of this. It's just like, well, what makes you think you also just escape? Because that's how it works. Like, how many, how, like, so, Hopefully. like, how many people left Ubisoft last year after the, after the, the all of the, the allegations came out? How many senior executives were allowed to walk away with all of their money and all of their shares and all their future, future earnings from the games that they'd help, they'd help develop? And it's like, they, they face zero consequences because they just left and, and they're not part of Ubisoft anymore. So this is us changing. Like, you know, this, this is how we change. We just get rid of a couple of people leave, fall on their swords, and then it's fine. That was heavy sarcasm, by the way. For anyone uh, trying to clip that out of context. Here's, here's one, though. You, you, sorry, Moody, I'll let you jump no, in in a sec. Um, Jalen Brack has is, is, is left um, now. Jesse Mashiuk has left now. But, like, we've we've been covering on this podcast over the last i'd say about two two-ish years a lot of high profile departures at activision blizzard specifically a blizzard jeff kaplan left mike Mulheim left and it's it, it's a number like it's a it's a time period that strike that sits out at me now in that oh the department for employment and housing launched their investigation into activision blizzard two years ago and we've seen a high number of of high profile management departures from blizzard over the last couple of years and we haven't really been able to explain it and that is speculation on my point i'm mm-hmm. not saying they knew something mm-hmm. they knew this was coming and they left before the shit hit the fan mm-hmm. i'm just putting two pieces of of information side by side and i'm just gonna leave it hanging Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to get sued. Yeah, I it it seems. I mean, I can't think of it any better word, but it seems all too suspicious. I mean, granted, like yeah, people have been leaving for like a little while, but it's like, oh, now we have a lawsuit against us. Let's leave. It's like, uh, you also allowed them to leave. Like, I mean, yeah, you can't hold anyone down. Sure, that's that's against the law, but like. You weren't saying that, oh, yeah, like, you were a part of this, and so we need to fire you. Instead, it was just like, no, nah, you can leave if you want. You want to leave? Whew, that saves me a job of having to fire you. Yeah, that's, yeah, basically, yeah, that's what, basically what it is. What I think is funny is that our first, my first story, obviously, when I came, but one word about games was obviously the... the Blitz-Chan. Uh, Blitz 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 Hong Kong. Blitz-Chan, Hong Kong thing. And I said, I hope my, I even I know I said this that obviously Blizzard came out and they did an apology and everything like that on their whole BlizzCon thing and everything like that. And I know myself, I said they've apologized. We have to hold them. Let's see what goes on and everything like that. Uh, but I have to admit, at the same time, I was a bit naive to the part of that. I didn't know how crap the industry truly was. We I mean, like that. I think that podcast... Amy kind of battered me with it over the year, 18 months I've been here. Like, seriously battered me with it. In a good way. But... It's not my fault. <laughs> no, I it's know. not. I remember I know, that podcast. I know, I know that. Yes. I remember that podcast. Um, <clears throat> because you weren't on full-time yet. Like... Yeah, it was one was... of those things where like I'd bring you on like a lot, but I would have to I would keep asking you because I didn't I didn't replace I didn't replace Keith for months. Um and and I remember that podcast thinking I remember the end of that podcast when we finished recording because we kind of took different views on on um G. Allen Brack's apology. Mm-hmm. You can tell because I'm using air quotes every time I say the word apology. Um 
And we kind of had a bit of a disagreement about it. And at the end, I was like, oh, I hope he comes back. <laughs> like, oh, I hope he comes back. And you did. Well, we never. We did. We, and, like, it was just, we just had a different opinion. We didn't, like, and, argue about it. So Yeah. Like, and I bet you've regretted coming back every week since. I apologize. Yes, every single week. I mean, <laughs> not like I hop into the Discord at all. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, egg on me. I'll admit that. Obviously, it all like that. Uh, the guy is just, he's bit, yes, he's left on his own accord, but he's also just a fucking scapegoat. We know he is. They, 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 they'll come out and say, see, we've got rid of some bad eggs type of thing. Uh, but they've still got all the money and everything like that. And we're not going to get them charged or anything for all the shit and everything like that. So even though there's a damning video of BlizzCon, of him literally laughing on a panel at a woman who asking a question of a serious question. And we have like a female that. character that didn't look like she stepped out of a Victoria's Secrets catalogue, and then six men yeah. decide to mock we'll this woman yep. for, for a good two, three minutes. Jalen Brack is one of them. Um, it was yep. horrific to watch, and there's mm-hmm. a specific moment in that video where you can see the woman, she does the smile and the nod, and any women who are watching this will know what the smile and the nod is. Um, and it's just like, that broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's nothing really we can say, I can say about this. Like I said, apart from that one I wanted to bring up there, like I know I said something so last time, and I thought I've said I've said so much dumb stuff on this podcast and grown as a person since then. And it's important oh, to yeah. say it's important to recognize that you've grown as a person, but also <clears> like to do what you're doing right now, which is to hold your hand up and say, "I said those, th- I said that thing. It was dumb. I shouldn't have done it." It's almost like a better apology than JLM Brack's apology at BlizzCon in 2018. Uh, thing is, I'm a big enough fan to know when I'm wrong. I'm not ashamed to admit when I'm wrong at all. I'll, I'll literally say, yo, I was wrong. There. And Nothing yet, wrong and, about it. And, and, and as long as we all learn from it, which it seems like less and less of us fucking do, then, you know. That's how you become a better person. For me, I always. For, for this me. is how a white dude should apologize and admit when they're wrong. This is how easy it is, white dudes. <laughs> you say you're wrong and you learn from it and you get better. Yeah. That's how you literally become a yeah. better person. Well, this is the thing I always think of when I'm when when it's like you do something wrong, you say something wrong, you apologize. Cool. Now, what are you gonna do about it? And in Moody's case, what he's gonna do about it is he's gonna. I just said not, 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 not damn thing. <laughs> not goddamn thing about it. <laughs> joking, I'm joking. I'm trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> it's been a difficult three weeks, guys. We've talked about these bastards three weeks in a row. It's only gonna get worse. Um, <laughs> no, but that's what you do. It's like it's the what are you gonna do about it? Like an like an apology isn't to say like I'm sorry, I fucked up. I'm sorry I actively ruined people's lives. It's like, cool, that's only step one, though. You get that, right? And obviously, obviously, I'm not talking about Moody anymore. You didn't ruin anybody's life. Like... Except mine. And mine, actually. <laughs> but... <laughs> there's, now, there's your joke. But no, yeah. for, 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 for real, like, I've seen a lot of apologies flying around from a lot of people, but it's like, okay, but what are you going to do about it? Because... The people who are actually making the apologies have power within the industry to actually enact change. Are they going to enact that change? It doesn't fucking look like it. I saw one guy apologize for, for, for like, 
not even apologize. I saw one guy being like, well, I never knew. And if I knew, I would have done this. And I tried to do this. And then it, and then someone came out with a story about him. And he was like, oh, shit, I've been caught. I'm melting. And it's just like, it's a mess. But I'm I'm glad it's getting out there. So said, to, the idiots, to the idiot CEOs or bosses or chief executives, they just said, I didn't know anything. That just means how crap of a boss you are. You have to question your negligence towards your staff in general. Why weren't you double checking to see all your staff were fine? And everything you clearly were thing. not. Like this is this is the thing. You see, like, it doesn't take much research to find out that most of these people are full of shit. Mike Morheim put out an apology talking about how he didn't want to like how he, how like he, he did he didn't know about any of this stuff and then a woman a woman went on twitter he used to work at activision blizzard and said well i emailed you about it and i got in trouble for emailing you about it so hey what, what's the deal with that jay allen brack said in his statement before he left activision blizzard that he he spent his entire career fighting against the type of frat boy culture that was in the lawsuit and then a video surfaces where he's mocking a woman at blizzcon for for asking for women in their games who don't wear fucking bikinis like it's all bullshit and they think mm -hmm. they can get away with it that's how stupid they think you are mm -hmm. yeah very true it's complete facts you keep giving them money, they'll, you're proving how stupid we are. <laughs> and you are, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else. Like, seriously, that's how it is. It's, it's almost like people have fought for the legitimacy of this industry for so long, and even actually gone to as far as going through so many trials and so many yeah, tribulations to actually fight for its actual legitimacy. Through money, even. And yet, you just want to toy around with it. Why? Did you have a good itch there, Foxes? Yeah, oh, that's, get, really get, that's really satisfying. Get up, yeah, get up right in there. Get, get up in there, baby. Oh, oh yeah, this yeah. is the content that people want to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Amy, how did you eventually get banned from YouTube? <laughs> 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 oh yeah, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh dear. So what, were we, what, what were we talking? We were talking about frat boy culture, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, next up. Uh, Activision Blizzard exec Frank Townsend deletes Twitter profile following inflammatory posts about whistleblowing. And this is from Tom Ivan over at VGC who writes, Activision Blizzard executive Fran Townsend has seemingly quit Twitter in the wake of a heavily criticized post she made about whistleblowing. Townsend, who previously served as the assistant for Homeland Security and Counterterrorism to George W. Bush, has been executive vice president for corporal affairs and chief compliance officer at Activision Blizzard since March 2021. In her current role, she oversees Activision Blizzard's communications, among other corporate functions, but her messaging has made her a target since the DFEH's lawsuit was filed. First, she reportedly sent a company-wide email calling it, quote, a truly meritless and irresponsible lawsuit with lawsuit, which presented a distorted and untrue picture of our company, including factually incorrect, old and out-of-context stories, end quote. Her comments, which formed part of Activision Blizzard's combative response to the lawsuit, contributed to employees staging a walkout in protest of working conditions at the company and a loss of faith in its leadership. 
More recently, Townsend drew significant criticism for using a Twitter account to tweet, quote, the problem with whistleblowing, end quote, in a message linking to an Atlantic article on the subject. After being flooded with responses, Townsend reportedly started blocking Activision Blizzard employees on Twitter, and on Wednesday, she appeared to have deleted her account. She's had a good week. She's had a very good week, yeah. Very, very Again, good week. Like, I feel like this just echoes the last thing I said. This is how stupid they think you are. Yeah. Because... Ugh. They can talk all they want about, yeah. oh, we're going to fix it, and oh, we're going to do better. And I'll remind you, Bobby Kotick didn't release a statement until the share price dropped by like 8%. Um, like, they'll, they'll say, like, we're going to fix it, and we're going to do it. And in the meantime, Fran Tanzan, torture advocate, by the way, we did that story back in March, um, is, is doing this. She's releasing internal memos, talking about how bullshit the lawsuit is, and Retweet. Was she also ah. only here for less than a year? Sorry. Been here since so, March 2021. Sorry, yeah, to, to, to even vilify, or not vilify, but ver- verify your point. Yeah. Sorry, continue. No, we did the news, the news story uh, when it broke. Yeah. It was weird. Like, they, Activision Blizzard hired like three people who were all like ex Donald Trump uh, staffers or ex George W. Bush staffers, and it was really, really weird. And yeah. Um, <laughs> is it really weird with Tomic, uh, with the CEO in charge? <laughs> I mean, a little weird. Like to read to read a, a story where the head where the head Republicans. To, no, it isn't. <laughs> it, it's a little weird to, to to do a video game podcast and read the headline. Oh, Activision Blizzard just hired someone who's who was like the number one person. who was like, yeah, let's torture the fuckers in the in the Bush administration. Like this podcast is hacking me places. I'm not gonna lie. Um, no doubt about it. The like the things that she's done and things that she said. That's what Activision. That's what the the, the higher ups, the the management and Activision believe actually think. So I guess I can applaud Fran Townsend for at least being honest. Uh, honest Let's give her a round of applause. Honestly, at last, yay! <laughs> Honestly, the wrong way. Let's go and applaud. However, I before you before I let you guys just jump in with anything that you want to say, I do just want to point out the heavy irony that a tort that someone who advocated for the torture of prisoners couldn't handle twenty four hours of being bombarded on Twitter. All it takes is the internet, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> Out of applause for the internet. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> This has no. been a weird week. <laughs> um, oh, foxes, you go first. <laughs> Naive isn't just the word. Like, it, is, it, it isn't the only word. But I'll be damned for sure if that isn't what's like echoing and being the loudest upon everything that she decided to talk about whenever it came to this fucking company that she's been here for less than a year. That's like, not no in offense. our culture. How would you know? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, like, don't, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, sure. Experience in so many different avenues sometimes does pay off and does help for some things, but you are, you are literally speaking on a topic. That is has not only been reported, not only has been, you know, echoed, has not only been rumored, has not only been, you know, like for so many years that you think that the smallest sliver of like what you've only experienced, which I don't believe that that's 
just like you know like uh, i'm not going to talk about all the other shit that i saw but yeah the good shit that i saw that's the only thing i'm gonna talk about all of it just 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 screams naivety like it i'm sorry you should have just shut up in the first actually no i don't like i don't like silencing anyone you know i shouldn't say that but what i should say is is that it this might not have been the stance that you might want to you know chosen because obviously it's already now at this point like your stance is falling out from underneath you because everyone else is like excuse me well their stance is falling out from underneath her because she's one person and yeah. the people the people who are who are relate who are relating their actual lived experiences at activision blizzard are in what hundreds by now yeah and has experienced this for years at this point now and it's like if a hundred uh, people are telling you one thing and one yeah. person's telling you another thing. It's called Occam's razor for a reason. Um it in this context. I should point out in this context specifically yeah, yeah, yeah. what I just yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it It's kind of painful because it's just like, man, um this is who you had decided to speak up. And now that they're, you know, like now at this point they're like oh i fucked up so hard that now i gotta go into hiding like socially but not before like, like trying to like triple down and stop blocking people and then like surprise surprise a lot of the people who are asking questions of you on twitter were also activision blizzard employees whoops you just blocked them good move naive good move. naive and and a little bit stupid but to be honest with you bit. smart on you for thinking that we were that stupid i guess because we're not just how stupid they think you are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. gonna keep repeating you're gonna hear me say that a lot over the next few months let's just be frank they've hired the uh, silliest staff in the world and they think they can get away with it um she's done god awful things even before coming here from going to activision and she's just tried to bunker down trying to make herself out to be as smart as what she thinks she is and she really isn't because they've she they've literally pulled her entire thing apart and then she starts blocking freaking employees of the good of the place she works at what oh. was it what was it that they said in that statement oh you can come to management with any of your problems well apparently you can't yeah they're, they're coming to, to to with problems you're ignoring their problems mm-hmm <sighs> I mean, I hate the only thing is like, like I've I've said it on many occasions. I've said it already in this podcast. I'm just gonna say it again. Like the entire leadership structure needs to be completely dismantled at Activision Blizzard. And like, if we hear that she's gone, it's just it's like, so what? The CEO mm -hmm. is still there. The again. CEO is still there. The person who has worked, who was basically done all of it is this he's been in charge of this rat boy culture and we've seen this play out already um last year like we know what change isn't enough like yep and we're like ubisoft and the people who work there are a year ahead of the curve and like things need to be done differently at ubisoft but things need to be done differently at activision blizzard as well but i have a yeah. feeling they won't be and i have a feeling it's all gonna get I won't be playing worse. any of their games. That doesn't bother me. I've had a lot of fun with certain games this year that aren't big AAA games, ladies and gentlemen. That's... That's the most horrifically perfect segue into the next year. Sorry. 
uh, anyway, she wasn't. Open Road Studio co-founder steps down following toxic workplace allegations issues statement. This is from Leanna Rupert over at Game Informer. He writes, Fulbright co-founder Steve Gaynor has departed his position as creative lead on the studio's new game, Open Roads, following allegations regarding the company's work culture. A new report from Polygon shares a deeper look into the toxic work environment of Fulbright following shortly after the game's Twitter account shared a notice of the leadership change. The official Open Roads Twitter account offered a message to fans about Gaynor's change in position. Quote, We are a small team passionate about making an inclusive, poignant, story-driven game that gives players a feeling of discovery. We care deeply about creating games that have a positive impact. We are also fervent believers in fostering a work environment that is healthy and collaborative, where we can work with transparency, autonomy, and trust. As such, Fulbright's co-founder, Steve Gaynor, has stepped back from his role as creative lead and manager and transitioned into a role as a writer, handing off day-to-day responsibilities to the team to complete open roads. We're all excited by how the game is shaping up, and we hope you'll follow along as we continue to share our progress, end quote. Immediately after that post went live, Polygon's report also became public, sharing a closer look at what led to the decision behind the shift. In the report, the site began by stating that 15 developers that have been working on Open Roads since this development in 2019 have since left their positions within the studio. Twelve of those 15 spoke with Polygon, citing Gainer's actions and behaviour at work as the reason. More specifically, the former employees have come forward to say most of the alleged behaviour that led to their departure has been directed towards women. Polygon goes on to note that the co-founder actually departed from his position earlier this year in March 2021, once it became clear that the efforts to put forth towards improving work relations were not effective long term. The employees that came forward all wished to remain anonymous to avoid retaliation and backlash as they, as they opened up about their reported experiences at Fulbright. Many of the stories have a controlling theme tying them together, alleging that Gaynor adopted a high school mean girl attitude when it came to belittling, mocking and dismissing his workers. Some of his former employees have gone on to leave the gaming industry altogether, while others found work at different studios. Of the workplace allegations listed, those who spoke with the site mentioned that they had never witnessed or experienced anything relating to sexual harassment or, quote, blatant sexism, end quote. This detail is made clear amidst Activision Blizzard currently being sued by the state of California following sexual misconduct and labor abuse allegations. Numerous former employees mentioned that women in leadership positions within Fulbright were overly micromanaged, made fun of, and mischaracterized whilst under Gaynor's leadership. Those who stepped forward said they wanted to come forward about his behavior, but they had no actual process to do so. While there was sometimes a third-party consultant, there were no human resources employees working at Fulbright. The report also details past instances where Gaynor was made aware of his reportedly toxic behaviours, even citing that he was warned about possible parallels between him and a report about Scavenger Studios' toxicity. According to the timeline presented by the site, it didn't take long before Annapurna Interactive, publisher of Open Roads, stepped in when leadership noticed that most of the employees leaving were women. Leading up to his shift within the company, employees made numerous attempts to make his behaviour known, including sending digital post-it notes through the internal servers and during exit interviews. Several developers even sought out the publisher for a more direct approach. A spokesperson for the studio told Polygon that Annapurna is, quote, aware of the situation and has been instrumental in helping the Open Rods team make changes to its structure, end quote. Gaynor has now addressed the allegations with the following note, quote, Hi all, I have a statement to share about my role at Fulbright. Earlier this year, I stepped back from my role as creative lead on Open Roads. My leadership style was hurtful to people that worked at Fulbright, and for that, I truly apologize. 
Stepping back has given me space and perspective to see how my role needs to change and how I need to learn and improve as part of a team, including working with an expert management consultant and rethinking my relationship to the work at Fulbright. I care deeply about Open Roads and the Fulbright team. I'm sad to have stepped back from the day-to-day development of Open Roads, but it's been the right thing to do. The Open Roads team has my full faith and support as they bring the game to completion. End quote. It's everywhere. Like I, just, like I said, like I've been saying, this is everywhere. Uh, so let's talk about this one. Can I talk about the timing? Because mm-hmm. I got to I got to witness this firsthand. I don't know if you saw it on my Twitter. I actually got to experience this in real time as it was happening, where all of a sudden the Open Roads game Twitter account put out the statement that are right at the top of the story. Uh, we're a passionate team. We want to be transparent and, you know, autonomy and trust and all that bollocks that they said. With no context, because the story hadn't come out yet. So literally, mm-hmm. I think there was about 20 minutes on Twitter of like everybody who was awake and was like following games industry Twitter was just like, oh, what the fuck has happened? Like what mm-hmm. what has what what is about to happen? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it, it was like a 30 minutes, I think, between Open Roads pub, Open Roads Twitter published their statement and then Polygon published their article. And I gotta say, like, considering in the statement, we are also fervent believers in fostering a work environment that's healthy and collaborative, where we can work with transparency, autonomy, and trust. But then, like, do not go into detail about why this statement has been made in the first place. That's not transparency. Mm-hmm. You're trying to mm-hmm. cover your own. You're desperately scrambling to cover your own ass. For sure. So let's talk about the actual story. In all honesty, like. This sounds like one of those things that's like, wait, if everyone knows, and if you know, and now Polygon and everyone else like us knows that you are not a great person to work with, why are you still there? That's the million pound question, Foxes. Like, I realize that there's there is no HR team, but is there no investors to be like, um, yeah, you're gone, or... You know, you you know, like uh, this kind of bothers the shit out of me because it's like one of those things. Just it's like I realize that you are talking about a, a person who has you know had some kind of creative vision or some creative hand and a part of this. But I mean, I mean, there aren't there aren't better people who who have the exact same talent. I'm not particularly excited to play talent. to play a game where the two main characters are women, written by a man who is described in this article that that does not appeal to me in the slightest because it's like well i kind of know what he thinks of women i can see it in his actions um that have been reported fulbright is a small indie studio 15 people leaving that's a lot that's a big Mm -hmm. number of people leaving i know Mm -hmm. some of those people and i thought it was weird that they'd left fulbright but I don't know them. I follow them on Twitter. Mm. Sorry, I should clarify. Yeah, I follow yeah. I follow some of them on Twitter, and I saw them leave Fulbright, and I thought it was a bit strange. And now here we are again. Um, why, why, why? Like, so he stepped back from his leadership role to just be a writer. And if you actually go, you should read the full Polygon article. Nicole Carpenter wrote it. It's it's incredibly good reporting. Um, like there's now a buffer 
Like, so it's not just like Gainer has stepped down and is now working in the office, like writing the game side by side with the other developers. He's been, he's basically been set to one side, and there is a buffer between him and the development studio. So, like, Annapurna mm-hmm. have stepped in, they've seen the situation that's going on, and they've gone, cool, we need to get you out of here. But then he still works I'm there. Su- I'm kind of like, there has to be some either contract or like some type of like legality. Or he is the co-founder of, of Fulbright. Um, that's probably maybe the reason why. Because if Annapurna, like I, if anything, I'm kind of surprised Annapurna just been yeah like like all right yeah the, there's one re- there, there's got to be a reason why we can't kick you out but at least we can put you like somewhere low. Honestly, why not put him even lower? He's the writer game. of the game, and that's not me excusing um, it anyway. I don't think he true. should be working there anymore at all. But yeah, he wrote the game. Um, um, I, I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder if by the time that this game comes out, or whichever games that they have in the pipeline, that Annapurna just doesn't be like, okay, now we're absolving you, and now we're going to like reform the image of like what this. Well, I'm unsure yeah. about the the nature of the really because I believe Annapurna is just a partner. Oh, I don't okay. think so that yeah, I don't think they him. actually own it because um we'll talk mm. about the Annapurna showcase in a bit. But what Annapurna does is they sort of partner with development studios as opposed to have their own. Gotcha. Um, okay. but again, it's just like imagine having to still be there, knowing he's still he was still like contributing to the game. After all of this, like after the, the the again, it's another man who gets to just damage people's lives and damage people in general, and there's uh, no consequence. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to drive out more people, and then it becomes like one of those detrimental things. It's like, hey, um, we haven't finished a game because we don't have enough people. It's like, oh, I wonder why. Maybe it's because you still have someone there. I mean, granted, yes co-owner or not co-owner but owner and all that but like <sighs> yeah sorry just echoing no, no, what, you, fine. what you've said it's, it's kind of frustrating my small part is that the guy should go shouldn't be there i don't care if he's the founder or co-founder whatsoever it doesn't mean you're allowed to be a dickhead and you, should just, you just need to you just you just need to leave okay it's um yeah um but yeah that's all i can really say about that yeah Sure. If you're gonna be an asshole, if you're gonna make people leave, you like like you said, Amy, they fifteen people left, and they're a small studio already. That's probably I would say that's probably half of their team, if not more well, than it, half their team. It was like a churn, right? So like people leaving, people coming in, and then people leaving again, and then Anna Pen is looking at it, going, "Wait, why are only the women leaving?" Mm-hmm. It turns out because Steve Gainer is a massive misogynist. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no other way to describe it. Like if you target your if you target and I said this about about the snake avatar man on Twitter it's like if if your behavior is coincidentally targeted towards women guess what I got some news for you you might want to sit down it's not a coincidence mm-hmm. Should we move on Where are we? Oh, I put a timeline cleanse in the middle of the thing. <laughs> it's like a Twitter thing where it's like you you doom scrolling for ages and then someone posts a timeline cleanse and it's a video of cats. 
like nice. playing in the snow or something. I put one in the in the Google Doc. There's a new short at Games with Worst Graphics Bundle on itch.io, and it's exactly what it says it is. This is from Melindy Hatfield over at PC Gamer. He writes, In 2020, Fanbike podcast producer Jordan Mallory posted a tweet that not only went viral, but also crystallized a feeling of dissatisfaction that, may, that many have about the state of the gaming industry. Quote, I want shorter games with worse graphics made by people who are paid more to work less, and I'm not kidding, end quote. As with any good tweet, Mallory didn't elaborate, but anyone familiar with AAA development knew what he meant. Mallory posted the tweet around the release of the highly acclaimed and certainly good-looking The Last of Us 2, which reportedly required developers to crunch heavily. Likewise, there are reports of Crunch for Red Dead Redemption 2, a game so beautiful and so realistic you can all but see your horse's balls draw up when it gets cold. It captured a... <laughs> It captured a feeling that was in the air. There are plenty of instances where you can't help but think less would have been more, specifically, more sleep for developers. The shorter games with worth graph with worth That's actually quite a tongue twister. Mm-hmm. The shorter games with worse graphics bundle aims to be the opposite of those games. There are a lot of true indie games out there made by solo developers or small teams with no publisher and no funding, and generally itch.io is the place to find them. Itch has also become a great platform for people who want to contribute to a cause and get some sweet games out of the deal, as seen with the Black Lives Matters bundle and the bundle for Palestine. Go get some cool games, everybody. Itch. Mm -hmm. Itch.io. It's the future. Mm -hmm. I have about 2,000 games on (laughs) Itch.io. Not even joking. Yeah, Yeah, I've got about 1,500. We have bought all the the bundles. Yeah, yeah, we've bought a lot. (laughs) Um... Yeah, if I remember, right, I remember this tweet when the Last of Us came out. I yeah, think. I keep saying um, it over and over, like every now and again on the podcast. Yeah, it? and I think it's uh, pretty spot on. So, uh, for the for the most part, like for the only thing like I would say is like Naughty Dog, you could have done the Last of Us two without crunching. Red Dead you Redemption two, you could have done Red Dead Redemption without crunching. Yes, may have may 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 of those games may have had to take another six months to a year well, to come out. Yes. Here's but the I don't thing. Care. I'm going to tie this into another game, Halo Infinite. So some stuff happened on Twitter. Some guy with a YouTube channel was complaining about the fruit in Halo Infinite, how when you shoot it, it doesn't react realistically, like physically realistically. Whereas like when you compare it to The Last of Us Part 2, you know, if Ellie shoots the fruit in The Last of Us Part 2, it's, it's got realistic physics. So like the watermelons will explode like watermelons. Whereas like if you shoot the, the fruit in Halo Infinite, it's like one texture that just like, explodes um a lot of people were quick to point out that uh you know there was an apocalyptic amount of crunch with the last of us part two pun intended whereas like you know as far as we are aware there is not that with halo infinite now here's the thing what why does it matter if the fruit explodes realistically in a video game unless your game is fruit ninja why does it matter? Or control. Or control. No. See, yeah. but I, I, I actually, like, I bring that up specifically only because, like, if we didn't harbor the whole, like, money is our time and our power and everything that we have, all the shareholders wouldn't then put the, put them, put the, 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 the quote-unquote crunch onto the owners, then put the crunch on the developers. It's almost like some things don't fucking need it. I and do it's not... almost like sorry. And 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 it's almost like those games who do want it 
will take the time to actually do it healthily, safely, and well done, like control. You know, they didn't make control just because, like, they were like, fuck it, we're getting crunched, we need to put out a new game. They're like, no, we're going to take some time on a game and on a project that's something that we love. We're also going to take our own personal time of making sure the things that we get done are right, and it'll come out when it fucking comes out. Deal with whenever it comes out. Yep. Like I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I don't need to see my my horses like balls shrink up in the cold. It doesn't as, matter. As impressive a technical achievement as that is, it really does not matter. No, it doesn't. Mm. Yeah, um, that's the thing about it. That's the the culture that is happening in games, isn't it? It's like you need to be more realistic. You have to be more the 3D beautifulness and the the. the the ray tracing and all this craziness. You have to have the realism in FDA. No, you don't. You don't have no, you to. Don't. It's cool when you have it. Foxes brings up control. That's an excellent point. I don't mm-hmm. deny that. Like, but those ones, like, but Foxes said also at the same time, they, they didn't crunch. Time. Yeah, they, they didn't crunch. Done. You know, like, like I said, like I said, the end, Last of Us Two, they could have done the same thing without crunching. Yeah. Red Dead uh, Redemption Two, they could have done the same thing without crunching. Or they guess they may have been delayed six months to a year. Everyone would have been fine with that, as mm-hmm. long as the people are, as long as your staff is fine. And the thing is about it, when it comes to Rockstar games in general, they're always crunching, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And that's that's always been the culture and everything. They're Hopefully, already like they've they're already like, always starting on the next thing before they even finish yeah. and do everything they want and the thing that they're doing. Sorry, yeah, but it has been reported, if I remember rightly, Amy, Rockstar's thing has changed. We believe Rockstar's thing is alleged, allegedly changed. Yes. It has allegedly changed, so hopefully things are now. That's why I think that the, the, like, the like they've already, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. GTA Six is like twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six, and everything, which Good. is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is amazing. That's what we want to hear. Like, don't crunch this thing. You're making a ton. You, you, GTA Five is in the top ten consistently every year. <laughs> Not selling. Oh, I was selling everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a freaking two generations ago game, ladies and gentlemen. Like mm-hmm. that literally year. That's the freaking ten years ago that game and everything and like. Yeah, like we can do what you we can have our cake and the 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 companies can have their cake and eat it with having good work practices for their people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I did want to sorry I, before you, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I did like need to say something. Like it's it's cool that the horses' balls shrink up, and I'm and whoever did that, whoever was responsible for that was probably very proud of it. And I did want to diminish that. Yo, that applaud achievement. for you on the, on the work on that. We didn't necessarily need it, but applaud for you oh. on the work on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've said like for me, Red Dead Redemption two didn't work for me personally, but I'll, I can say that is a technical masterpiece of mm-hmm. a game. Like mm-hmm. it's a technical masterpiece. I can never deny that at mm-hmm. all, but I can only imagine that the bloody the board they have because obviously the mood board for that type of freaking thing. So you need to create horse balls. Oh my god, what the mood board was that for that person? <laughs> oh my god, I can only imagine what it was. Now we have to give you a diagram and draw how we want this to work. So we're gonna draw <laughs> horse balls, and then now we're gonna draw them shrinking, and then you can see the the dynamic change. It's probably some poor bastard over at Rockstar who spent like six months working on just horse balls. If there that wasn't was one entire person, life. <laughs> yeah. If if there wasn't one person going, really, we, you want this? Okay. Like if there wasn't one person, I'd feel really sad actually. Like because I mean, 
fuck it. Like, I mean, they'll want what they want, and they're going to get it because it's rock star. But, yeah, I agree with you. It definitely doesn't need to take crunch to be able to develop something like horse ball shrinking. If horse ball shrinking is what it. you want to put in the game, go for it. Mm-hmm. Don't crunch your staff for horse ball shrinking. Yeah, yeah, like there's yeah. a story we're going to get to shortly, which has annoyed me for one separate thing and one separate thing only. But I'm also happy at the same time, which we will get to after the, the short. Yeah, so I was off with. last week's podcast. I was I was quite ill um, and couldn't make it. And one of the things I did was um, I, I watched the Annapurna Interactive Showcase hmm. because it was on at 8 p.m. And I was like, well, I'm not on the podcast. I'm currently lying in bed feeling sorry for myself. I might as well turn Twitch on. And watch some stuff about video games. Um, so shout out to Imran Khan over at Fanbyte who put everything in bullet points. Shout out to that man in general. Just shout awesome. out, that, shout out to Imran Khan in general. He's cool. I like, I like, yeah. I like Imran a lot. So here's the bullet points from that. By the way, the Annapurna. I don't know if you guys watched the actual showcase. Really good showcase. Very well yeah. paced. Loved it. Yeah, moved really fast. I liked it. it was nice and zippy. Like and like the way they sort of like where they placed everything in terms mm-hmm. of like because they had basically like two types of things one was like game stuff where it was like here's a release date here's a trailer and then here's developer we're partnering with on a game we're not going to tell you what the game is yet because we can't but like mm-hmm. it's a developer you you might know if you know indie indie game developers so let's watch so, them talk for a bit and then it would like sort of switch between the two it was quite cool they got the nice. personality across that's the thing about it they weren't just like uh, my name is yeah Joe Blogs five hundred, and I am creating this game. It's about a fly going across a bar <laughs> of a screen, and that's it. No, they showed personality in a lot of them, and they kept my attention to the thing. Like if it wasn't, it was just like if it was just how like, well, I was just there, I would have been like. But it wasn't they, the per, because their personality shined across, and that's what we yeah. like to see from developers. Like I'm gonna, oh, I can't believe I want to say this, but like when we saw um, at a Ubisoft press conference at E3, the the guy who cried when um, Mario and Rabbits was revealed, the developer, the passion oh, he yeah. was showing was incredible. Hashtag. Yes, there was, was a hashtag. Ubi- Don't cry, Ubisoft guy. That was a hashtag. Yeah, was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and like when you see like the the indie developers who come on like at EA players and everything, like you're saying, they are yeah. awesome. You can see like, the passion and energeticness in them. Like the first time you saw Martin Tyler at EA when he was talking about Unravel for the first time, and it was like oh, that was yeah. the thing I'll everybody talked that. about. Yeah, yeah. Like where it was just yeah. the, that was a yes, it was an amazing game, but B, it's one of my like top five like E3 moments of ever. Yeah, well, I'll like, never forget it. Easy. It was mm. so good. Give me Unravel 3, because Unravel 2 I enjoyed as well. Yeah. Between him and, unfortunately, I can never remember her name for Ghostwire Tokyo. I'll never forget those two. Like, those Kumi two Nakamura. Video game. Yeah. yeah, thank you. It's spooky. That, I'll never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> She's so cute. Sorry. It was so good. Oh. We need to do, like, when, when there's a slow week... Mm-hmm. We need to do like an E3, like before next year's E3. We need to just do talk about like best E3 moments. Um, but anyway, Annapurna Interactive Showcase. So the Artful Escape uh, is coming out on September 9th for Xbox consoles and PC and Game Pass. Artful Escape. So it's the guy. Know. It's a 2D platformer thing. It's the guy playing the guitar. Was it E3 a few years ago and then it vanished? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Everybody was like, oh, that looks amazing. And then it just went gone. It is absolutely yeah. crazy. It looks absolutely I, it looks bonkers. Cool. Looks cool. I do remember seeing the uh, the art style for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, everybody remembers it, but only if you, like, show it to them. Mm-hmm. Because it was a while ago. It was like that time of Cuphead where it was like, Cuphead was on screen for two seconds and everybody was like, what was that? Oh, my God. <laughs> what was that? That was something new. That, that looked, wasn't. That looked really cool. What was it? And then it was yeah. like, oh shit, we didn't expect people to notice this. It wasn't a sizzle. For that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a boss battle game. That's it, yeah, uh, guys. Like, they really, really like your game. Carpet, carpet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Went ah, oh, smeg. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks cool. Looking forward to it. Game Pass. Good choice. Means I don't have to worry about where I'm getting it from. Neon White, which was recently seen at, uh, sorry, which was seen at a recent Nintendo presentation, comes from Donut County creator Ben Esposito. Players discard cards to move faster with new powers, making it a creative speedrunning game with side quests, dating sim aspects, and visual novel portions to become the number one Demon Slayer. It hits Switch and PC this winter. This. For a game that's like they even in the trailer because they did a quite an extensive trailer for this game and even in the trailer they were like yeah this is gonna be really great for speedrunning. Despite that, I was looking at this game going this is really interesting. I'm really interested in this as a concept. This is fascinating. This is such a weird, different like take on like so many different things that they're just like fuck it, throw it all together. This is the kind of thing that I that I personally like. I like seeing this kind of creative ingenuity of just saying. Yeah, let's. We're gonna have a dating sim, a part of a card game that's a part of a, it's, a speed running. It's not a card you know, game. So here's the well, thing. Oh, really? It's not a card game. It's okay. a first person. How do you describe it? First person action game, where you first basically person, you start on a level. First person card shooter game thing. Yeah. You, do, whatever, yeah. you start. I'm gonna try. Yeah. And, I'm gonna try my best to describe it, but maybe you should probably watch the trailer for it afterwards. Neon white. Yeah. You start off from one, a level, and you've got to get to the end of the level. Between you and there's platforming, and there's mm-hmm. enemies. And you have to get there as fast as possible, and you do that with the cards that you've got. So the cards that you've got are on the bottom of the screen, and they can be weapons. So you got a shotgun. Mm-hmm. But the shotgun, you can click it, and you've got like two shots with it. Boom, boom, it's done. It goes mm-hmm. away. But if you use the shotgun's alternative, and I mean this might not be accurate, I'm just using examples. If you use the mm-hmm. shotgun's alternative mode, you do a double jump hmm. instead of shooting the shotgun. Interesting. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Still, like e- e- even even so much more so. Like yeah, like. The fact that there's just a mashup of a bunch of different ideas a part of this. This is this cool. Yeah, this is really cool. It's cool. This cool. cool. Looking yeah. forward to it. The concept for Neo White is absolutely insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so different to Donut County. Like, like a chill fucking puzzle game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Total facts. Which is a great game, by the way. Um. Okay, what we got next? The creators of Falcon Age, Outer Loop Games, have a collaboration with Annapurna that remains unnamed, but focuses on skateboarding and personal cultural experiences. I've been following the the guy, Shan uh, Ika. Can't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce his name with, like on the spot. Uh, but he's called Ika. Like, I've been following him for years on Twitter. He's cool. And I saw this, and it's like... The guy, the guy who he was partnered with, he was the skateboarding guy. Was like, I've been skateboarding for twenty five years, and I'm still terrible at it. But <laughs> I want to make like I want to make a skateboarding game where like people can just play it 
and not have to worry about being good at it. And I was like, cool, because I tried to play Tony Hawk's and I was bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to play skateboarding games. Because skateboarding is cool. Have you seen the Olympics this year? Fucking Jesus Christ. They've got skateboarding. Uh, They've got skateboarding lesbians. They've got skateboarding lesbians. It's amazing. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so all all I've been hearing about is just the normal Olympic stuff that you always hear about. I did, however, see that there was a tabletop tennis or t- ping pong. Like, oh, the guy, you know, he, and then run around the and table. And that shit was nuts. I was like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, this should be the Olympics. I don't give a, I mean, sure, that it's cool the, that people I can s- swim really fast and run really fast. Like, I, I, I applaud for all of them because I, I, I sure, so, like, and it's good human, human. Uh, so on TikTok, uh, I've seen three things about the Olympics on TikTok. One, all the skateboarding. Just all of it. Two, yeah. that table tennis thing you talked about, where they were like, ba-bam, 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 and then that one guy runs a loop around the table. Um, the other guy just lays down, and he's like, I'm so tired. And, oh, God. And, and number three, <laughs> and number three, it's like all of the, like, all of the, basically, like, women's women's soccer, in your case, Foxes, mm-hmm. like, at mm-hmm. the Olympics has become, like, this massive, like, speed dating thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. I need to watch the other events for more Olympics these days instead of be watching, like, hearing about the rest but of But anyway, I digress. Yo, yeah. Check out the female BMX Olympics in 2021. Oh, my God. Yeah, what all right. Performance. We'll yeah. You know how, a, like, a, you think of the Olympics. There's a thing that happens there, which is incredible. You think of the Olympics, right? You think of running, swimming, jumping, mm-hmm. all that shit. Forget that. Mm-hmm. Apart from Tom Daly knitting while he was waiting to while he was waiting his turn I to go down, I did see that. That was pretty good, actually. You want to watch? It's the other stuff that's really cool: fencing, the skateboarding, mm-hmm. BMX, and it's like that's the shit. That's the shit. <laughs> but anyway, a memoir blue is revealed and is coming to everything under the sun, including iOS. Jessica Mack, who was part of games like Sound Shapes. Is collaborating with Annapurna Interactive on a music-focused adventure game. This was a cool segment, regardless yeah. of how the game turns out. Jessica Max segment was where she was talking about how, like, she thinks about music in terms of like how it interacts with video game, with like video games. Was really interesting and really cool. Oh, I remember. I remember playing Sound Shades. Actually, no, sorry. Yeah. That's fine. Storyteller is revealed, a game in which players pick a title, themes, and characters of a storybook and have to make it work by dragging and dropping the elements into panels. From the trailer, it looks like somewhat restrained scribble notes. Coming soon to Switch and Steam, with Steam having a playable demo available now. This was a weird one. I liked it. You basically have to build the story. (laughs) That's that's kind of awesome, actually. I'd give it a try, that's for sure. You do like you Wii U, do you? You can, it's a demo. Solar Ash, a new game from the Hyperlight Drifter developer Heart Machine, is seen once again for yet another update trailer. The action-adventure game continues to look absolutely gorgeous, but now comes with an October 26th release date for PC, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. That was my reaction too, Foxes. <laughs> Hell yeah! So many good games cut out this year. At least I'm hoping good games come out this year. That's that's been like my tagline as of like the Fuck past yeah, few days. <laughs> I hope so many good games come there out. There are this year. so many good like games that. coming out this year, and Solar Ash yeah. is one of them. Hyperlight yeah. Drifter was a special game. Mm-hmm. What the hell? And this looks wild. <laughs> I cannot wait I, to play this on my PlayStation. 
I really I like I'm I'm such a big person about like, you know, we're going to take like certain art styles or whatever it may be, certain stories, and then we're just gonna throw it onto like completely new mechanics, completely new, you know, different, you know, like things to do with it, you know, because like while a a bit of this does look a lot like Hyperlight Drifter, it's also not pixelated as much either, but it's also yeah. a completely different game. It's a completely different art style, different essence, perspective. You know? Like yeah. yeah, but you can see yeah. the DNA, you can see the foundation mm -hmm. of Hyperlight Drifter. It looks oh, very much that. like one of my favorite games last year, which I'm going to try and remember what it is right now by going on my Epic account. Um, where you had a, uh, I'll have to double check to give us one Pathless? More. What? The Pathless. Yes, there we are, me. Thank you. Yes, it looks very much like that, and I was just like... Never let it be said I... that I'm not listening when you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the pathless, we'll get to that in a minute. Ivy Road, a studio from the creators of The Stanley Parable and Gone Home, is making an unnamed title in collaboration with Annapurna Interactive. Don't know what this game is. However, The Stanley Parable was amazing. Gone Home was amazing. And these people, this, these were the guys, these were the people, Moody, who were drinking the tea. Yeah. yeah 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 and then they were like we've got the music guy and he's trying to play the music and he's like and then he's holding the was it a dog or a cat he's holding the cat yeah. <laughs> i was like <laughs> i'm in for this i'm in for like these people right like i love these people it's great Ah, where are we? The skin-deep sci-fi comedy immersive sim gets an update trailer that shows off some of the creative ways players can solve problems like throwing themselves or enemies out the airlock I believe it's a rogue. It looks like a roguelike as well. It might be wrong. Is there... Oh, there it is. Okay. Never mind. We're good. That's good. We keep going. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everybody gets... Every game got saved at the Annapurna Interactive Showcase. The Pathless, last year's critical hit, is coming to Steam on November 16th. What Remains of Edith Finch comes to iOS on August 16th. I Am Dead comes to Xbox and PS4 on August 9th. Telling Lies and Goro... Goro... Goro Goa are coming to Game Pass. Do you know, you ever just sat down, right? And you have just thought about all of the, the games that a single publisher has published. And just think, damn. <laughs> like, this was all the same publisher. It really hits uh, you when you read them in a list like that. <laughs> I saw Stray's uh, gameplay, and it just yeah. made me still want to play it even that much more. Like, yeah, I was, like, Stray the game about the cat. It got a guided trailer, yeah. Early 2022 PS4, PS5 Steam. Yes, it looked great. It looked really good. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Can't pet the cat. You are the cat. Mm -hmm. So what is... They, they don't have a, a new uh, title for their next horror game, right? Glasgow? The, um, this no was a funny one. Too. I want to talk about this one. No Code Entertainment, okay. a Glasgow-based studio with horror game lineage dating back to Alien Isolation, but is known for games like Stories Untold and Observation, announces a new collaboration with Annapurna Interactive. No, they don't. They don't. There wasn't a title or nothing about the game. It was just uh, here. We're partners. We're partnering with uh, with with No Code. Like, <laughs> and what they were saying in the uh, in the thing, because obviously, No Code made Stories Untold. They made Observation. Two great games. Love them both. And they're, they're pretty creepy games. And what they were saying in mm -hmm. the in the thing, in their like sort of like bit, their segment, was we never tr we never started out trying to make horror like scary games. But then we made them and we released them and people would tell us that was terrifying. So now we're actually gonna try and make a scary game on purpose. 
And I tweeted out there, John McKellen, on Twitter, and I was like, wait, you're trying to make a scary game on purpose? I was like, wait, you haven't been trying to make scary games on purpose? <laughs> he was like, nope. And I, I went, so what does a scary game from No Code look like? And he's like, that's what we're going to find out. And I'm like, okay. I kind of hope they top themselves. They're like, yeah, we didn't mean to do it, but we did a really, really good job at it. Now we're going to really, 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 really try to do a really good job like, at it. It's like, now we're actually gonna am do I going to die? Purpose. <laughs> that was my thought it's like wait you try to do it on purpose so this means i'm clearly going to die on the stream playing this game yeah. <laughs> just give me it in isolation too just you guys do it david studio is it just you guys do it it could Disney be might allow you it's fine maybe it could be stories and told and observation is your really cool games though mm. like and not I enough people I, know about them before. yeah exactly yeah. not enough people know about them uh, I have heard about Observation. That was actually one of those ones that I have... I think it's actually in my Steam library that I plan it's on playing. Very cool. I have very slow burn, but yep. very cool. Um, for Moody's benefit, Observation is a game where there's a woman and she's on a space station and there's been a catastrophic incident on the space station. But you don't play as the woman. You play as the AI of the space station. So you're like opening doors for her and doing stuff and... And it I goes... Like the... it, it goes places. It, it goes places... <laughs> I, I like the premise of it as soon as like i i'd heard about it i was like oh yeah i think i'll be picking this up and, if yeah, you like know, spooky so. space-based sci-fi like basically if you like alien like it's nothing like alien but if you like sort of the vibe of alien mm -hmm. you'll you'll probably like observation have you played stories untold uh, briefly it's on my to, to stream list gotcha okay uh, the last thing was Outer Wilds, sometimes considered one of the best games of the generation, is coming to Nintendo Switch. A new expansion titled Echoes of the Eye is also announced that will weave into the game, but the developers are purposefully not explaining how. Echoes of the Eye will launch September 28th, and goddamn if this doesn't sound like the perfect opportunity, the perfect excuse for me to finally play Outer Wilds. I haven't played it either. Everyone, like everyone that i watch is like play this game like you have to play this game it's just like everyone i know who's played it is like this is one of the best games ever made and i'm just like i'm gonna play it i should really fix that <laughs> and because it's releasing on switch in 2021 that means it's eligible for my game of the year list there you go moving on we have no time left <laughs> so i'm gonna start Rip. cherry picking these new stories really really quickly report Horizon Forbidden West delayed to 2022. This is from Liana Ruppert over at Game Informer, who writes, I just, there's a massive note next to it, who writes, Earlier this year, Sony shared an extensive look at Aloy's continued story with Horizon Forbidden West, but the lack of a release window had many wondering if we would see the sequel this year. Following the rumors that followed said speculation, Horizon Forbidden West has officially been delayed to 2022. According to a new report from Bloomberg, the open-world story of Aloy is set to continue sometime in the first quarter of 2022, though an exact date has not been revealed at this time. Etc, etc. You don't need to know the rest. I think everybody saw this coming. Moody had yeah. things to say about this, but unfortunately he's abandoned the podcast. <laughs> so. Uh, so they haven't put out like a game play trailer it's just only been the cgi like it's the uh, cgi yeah there was the yeah, yeah. this because the thing from earlier this year was like a story thing wasn't it it wasn't a wasn't mm -hmm. a gameplay thing uh yeah like i if if people were actually expecting it this year i'd have been like well this is what sony does like i don't like people were expecting it this year because sony were like it's definitely coming in 2021 and like i keep trying to i keep trying to drill it into people's heads foxes 
Sony have delayed literally every first party game they have ever made. <laughs> stop yep. s- stop believing them. <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost like they set a really bad precedent for the rest of the companies to be like, oh yeah, we're showing you this amazingly looking CGI fucking trailer that's not even gameplay yet, and we're telling you it's going to release this year. And every other company like, they can do that? Oh, then we can do that, right? Yeah, like we can just put out some CGI and be like, yeah, this we game just, will come out. We'll just tell it's everybody like, wait, it's going to come out in 2021, but is it? It's like, no. isn't this just a <laughs> vertical slice? It's like, yeah, so this isn't actually like an engine and you can do this yet. No, then it's not coming out this year. Sorry. It's you got anything eight, to say I, about Horizon Forbidden West to Moody? I just don't see it happening. Uh, it's annoying for Fantasy Cruiser for me. I won't deny that. I try to I'll, 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 I'll... <laughs> Fuck off. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> no, fuck you. <laughs> uh, you're still going to lose, so I don't care. Um, Probably. Uh, oh. As long as the staff aren't crunching and you're doing the right thing to delay, that's all I care about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Delaying a game, there's nothing wrong with delaying it whatsoever. Preach. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, yes, I, I heard the back end of what you just said there. Uh, I agree with what you're saying to us at a point like, don't delay it, don't, don't believe them or anything like that. If they're saying it's going to come this year, it's probably going to be done the next the year after or anything like that. I think the main thing when it comes to Horizon Zero Dawn was probably because of COVID and everything like that, which has happened for a lot right. of developers. We were talking about this last year, saying like the not it's gonna like the knock-on effects gonna get exponential for a while. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you that like so that's why I think I think they were there was no doubt about it. I think they were truly aiming for this this fall. I think that this was their main one. They wanted to drop this fall and everything, but uh, if they can't do it, they can't do it. And they're doing the right thing of delaying it. Um, so, yeah. So, we've got very little time left. We can skip most, most of everything else. There's one thing with this audience that I have assembled that I just I have to read. Even if we go like five minutes over on the podcast running length, I have to read this with the audience that I have assembled. EA doesn't get enough credit for how it handles acquisitions, apparently. This is from Natalie Clayton over at PC Gamer. He writes, EA CFO Blake Jorgensen reckons the publishers should get more credit for how it handles studio acquisitions, in a line that's likely to send chills down the spine of anyone still reeling over the loss of countless studios axed by the company. During yesterday's financial report, Jorgensen expressed praise for the publisher's recent $1.2 billion acquisition of racing, racing sim developer Codemasters. The studio's latest F1 title is currently exceeding sales expectations, a success Jorgensen puts down to how quickly Codemasters was able to integrate with EA's publishing and marketing efforts. Quote, It's to the testament of an exceptional game development team that was able to produce the right assets, to produce the right marketing materials, to help us drive this business and the teams working together. And you know what? I think we don't get enough credit for that. End quote. The real win... The real win for Apex for EA was Apex Legends developer Respawn. Apex Legends brought in over 30 million weekly active players last season, with EA forecasting outstanding growth for the Battle Royale going forwards. The publisher would, of course, like to take its share of credit for this boom. Quote, Respawn has obviously driven the amazing development of Apex, but they've partnered with us extremely well to drive what is now. It's coming up to almost the $2 billion in business over two years. That's unheard of in our industry, and I'm not sure... We get enough credit for it, end quote. This does, of course, immediately ring hollow in the light of how many studios EA has shuttered in even its own recent history. 
Dead Space may be getting a remake, but it was only four years ago that series creator Visceral Games was closed by the publisher. That's not to mention sore spots like Command & Conquer creator Westwood or Pandemic Studios getting shut down before it could realise its vision for Star Wars Battlefront 3. Even EA's so-called poster child respawn has arguably been done dirty by the publisher at times. Apex Legends may have hit hard, but it's hard to forget Titanfall 2's infamous launch, with EA choosing to release the less-established shooter right between its own Battlefield 1 and Activision's Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Predictably, Titanfall 2 failed to meet sales expectations. <sighs> but I, we don't think we get enough credit for that. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I read this story. Like, I don't know about anybody else. Person's an idiot. Let's just be frank here. Come on, man. Yeah, Bloody it's okay. Hell. Apex is doing incredibly well and it's making you a lot of money. Fine. I'll give that more to respawn than no. Give that in give that to respawn entirely. Yeah, like no. I didn't play re I didn't play Apex because it was an EA game. I can guarantee you that. Okay. Um like for the most part, uh, the only thing, like, for the most part, when it comes to, like, the respawn thing, yes, the only thing they've really done bad to them was Titanfall 2 and everything, like, will probably never, for the people who love Titanfall, hey, Amy, Keith, etc., I think you are a fan as well, Foxes, you probably oh, will not probably, you will probably not see a Titanfall 3 because they're f well, focusing on franchises, which has, has hit hard work really well, which is obviously Apex and obviously Star Wars. Um, oh, well, oh, great! Yeah, I love, I like it's, it. I love Apex. I love Star Wars: Fallen, uh, Fallen Order. By it's not completely out of the pipeline because Vince. I, no, it's not Vince Pella anymore. It's, it's still Vince. Is it Bill, still Vince? Yeah, yeah, he, Vince. He, he yeah, actually, yeah, he actually, he actually come out to say we're not not working on it. Like, so we actually might get Titanfall three, but it's not confirmed yet. Okay, you heard it here uh, first, everybody. Industry insider, Revator Fox, <laughs> confirming yeah, Titanfall three. That was on his Bella. Twitter, so. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, like I, I audibly went uh, when I heard that you were buying Codemasters, who, I, yeah, on the podcast, one of my favorite ra racing games in the world in F1, who do an incredible job. But I did audibly go, oh, God, oh no! How, like, was, I was in a rock and a hard place. Foxes all was either EA or Take Two. Or take two. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't know which one to, to cry over. As, as soon as the yeah, buys buys a studio. The clock has started. Yeah. Like, and they can keep saying, "Oh no, we would never think of closing X studio." But I mean, history's not on your side here. Yeah, <laughs> history is not on your side with that. Um, yeah. And I just laughed. I don't think you know what. I don't think we get enough credit for that. It just, it's uh, funny. I, I, I have two sides of the coin on this. Like I've, like, you know, like I've been known to say before. On one side, it's oh. Well, good on you for maybe helping out a studio. On the other hand, fuck off! <laughs> Moody. No, you won't get any light from me until you have said, hey, I mean, sure, as excited as I am for the whole Dead Space remake, and I, I even had like a little tear because I was like in, in so much shock. You still have to like actually make better upon yourself as a company to actually support your developers creators and give them what they are due dil due diligently deserved 
whether it be their own time slots for releases, their own non-crunch time, or their own fucking, you know, like, shutting down developers just because they're like, we're having a hard time trying to come up with something new, so we need a little bit of help. Oh, well, let's just sack you instead. No, you don't get any of that from me. Here's, Not here's until some you have help. changed. Wait, this is a severance check. <laughs> yep. You need to become better, and then I'll give you your fucking credit. Game's out next week. We are so far out of time. <laughs> Black Book. It's coming to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and the Switch. Uh, it's a dark RPG adventure based on a slif- Slavic myth. Slavic. Slavic yeah. myths, thank you. In which you play as a young sorceress, uh, fight evil forces in a card-based battles and explore the world. Uh, where humans live alongside mythological creatures. A lot of card-based battle games these days. Button City, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Button City is a colourful, low-poly narrative adventure game about a fox and his friends banding together to save their local arcade. Is this Tunic? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is way cuter than Tunic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Tunic is cute. That's Uh, what I'm saying. (laughs) Explore... explore, uh, a diorama, a diorama? Yeah. Wo- diorama world, play exciting arcade games, complete quirky quests, and meet cute animal friends. This is on Amy's must-buy list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she likes cute things. Cute, quirky, uh, and weird. Seed yeah. of Life PC is an epic adventure game about a persistent persistence of life. Your, your Cora, uh, the last known survivor of Luma, a dying planet. Only your only hope to save your home world is to act is to activate a the seed of life and rekindle rekindle the sun once again. Will you be light? Will you be the light that conquers the darkness? That sounds like what's happening in life right now. Oh my god! Uh, fire tonight. PC and Switch. A narrative puzzle game about two people trying to find their way back together in a city of fire. For clothes, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch is a narrative-driven action... <clears throat> Let me try that again. Is a narrative-driven action-adventure set in a cyberpunk... Oh, God, no. Worlds filled with action, suspense, and excitement... Uh, uh, Experimental augment- augmentations. Thank you very much. Uh, follow uh, the story of Evan... Kapos in this sleek comic book styled game as he unravels the conspiracy behind his identity foreclosure uh, who is responsible and why (coughs) last game Naraka Blade Point PC Naraka Blade Point is a 60 player action battle royale offering players insane mobility powered by parkour and grappling hook a vast arsenal of melee and ranged weapons and a roster of characters with powerful abilities. Transform yourself into a gigantic Vyaza... Vyaya? Vajra? Vajra? Warrior. Warrior. A gigantic warrior. warrior. A gigantic warrior and crush your enemies. Also, I just have to point out that the office has ruined the word parkour for me forever. (laughs) Moody said it, and all I could hear was Michael. Uh, all I could hear was Michael Scott going "Paco, Paco, Paco." 
It's time for Open Critic Head to Head. This is the game we play every week where we try to guess the Open Critic average of one upcoming game. You have a guess as close as gets one point. You have managed, if you manage to guess the score completely correctly, you get two points. It doesn't matter because the game we tried to do last week was delayed till September 28th. So we'll be keeping that one for a while and seeing what happens when the game comes out. That means the scores haven't changed. Amy and Moody are still tied with 12 points each. Keith's in, in, in next with 10. Fox is with 6 and 2 draws. This week, we're trying to guess the open critic average of Naka Blade Point. 60-player Battle Royale action game. And I um, trust me when I say that, if you haven't heard of it yet, uh, it's going to be everywhere when it comes out because this game is popular. Moody. He was... Very quickly changing his guess <laughs> after I'd said that. What do you think? Jesus Christ. I'm back to my original number of 85. <laughs> I went from 85 to 65, back up to 85. Damn. Wish I hadn't fucking said anything now. <laughs> Foxes, what do you think? Now? I have no idea to think about this game, I have to say. I've watched people, like I've watched streamers play this game, and I've heard so much about it, like yeah it's very popular in asia is it yes i mean it's another br but you know melee style and you know with like different um abilities and stuff like that it seems different enough right it seems like it's not an yeah. or fortnite or COD. yeah but it's I also a multiplayer mo game <laughs> yeah, I want to say most BRs actually end up doing well for themselves kind of in the, like, early, and then it, like, dips down, and then, they, of course, they have to fix it, and then, you know, do a bunch of, like, do more whatever the fuck. Yeah, it's like, so how many, how many? The 80, go on, Moody's no, 85 isn't that bad. No, you're good. Um, Let's just be fucking 65, won't it? <laughs> I might just guess it, that just for, the, just for the crack. I'm going to go 80. A. Yeah, the thing, like... I'm in two minds, because Naraka Blair Point looks awesome seen it at a few shows. I've seen some people streaming it. It's very popular amongst the competitive multiplayer battle royale people. Who, it's very popular in Asia uh, mm -hmm. through its alphas and its betas. But at the same time, how many online games have launched and been like, well, it's fucking broken. Like, it's always that It's always that sort of, like, balancing act, right? Um, Play this one character and have these, these specifically two weapons and you're meta and you're going to rip everyone up even if you have no skill. Oh, thanks. Yeah, but that Sorry, doesn't affect. That usually doesn't affect the early the launch game. So, given sure. that Moody's gone all the way up to eighty-five, and I don't, I don't think I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing strategically here. I'm not playing with my heart. I don't think it's going to get much higher than eighty-five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cover the bases and go lower, mm. and I'm gonna go seventy-five. This isn't what I think the game's gonna get. I'm hedging my bets. Hmm. I've got a better chance of, of getting it with this, whereas if I try to fight with you and, and Moody mm -hmm. in the in the 80s, I'm going to get the shit kicked out of us. It's not happening. That or, that or it's going to bomb and you're going to be the closest and one if, to it. If it's broken when it comes out, boom, I win. <laughs> and then I just yeah, wait for I them like... to fix it and play the shit out of it. <laughs> Is this going to be free? $16.99 or something. Uh, $20, mm -hmm. I think. Okay. Not quite free, but not like full price or anything. Yeah, true. Which is fair. Like, you know, yeah. if you think your game's worth money, you can charge money for it. If it is, I'll pay it. Guaranteed. Yeah. 
I just spent 25 quid on the Forgotten City on a whim, and turns out it's one of my favourite games of the year. That's it. We we had a lot more stories to talk about, but we kind of talked a lot about the ones that we did talk about, so we're going to leave that the way it is and get out of here, because we've just hit the two-hour mark. Uh. Moody, do you have any final thoughts for the podcast? Developers are more important than CEOs. Well said. Say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Bye.